It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, April 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that's got high hopes, Russ. High hopes. We, that's all. Awesome. Uh, that's it. Miss you, Harry Callis. Uh, we are going to talk about why we can be hopeful about the Flyers moving forward, plus celebrate Justin Braun's official retirement. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow Locked On Flyers for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, kicking off today's show Justin Braun officially retired. Uh, I feel like getting the social media posts from the uh, Players Alumni Association is kind of like getting that AARP invitation in the mail. It's like he's crossed over quickly. I tell you, I I still throw out my AARP stuff. I I haven't acknowledged it at all. Well, I'm going to get it as soon as I can because I would like those discounts. Anyway, um, the uh, yes, the official notification of Justin Braun's retirement came through. And yeah, uh, as we know from that last Flyers game of the season, they tried real hard to get him that 200th point. It was not to be. So he finishes his career with 842 regular season games, scoring 199 points. And I got to say, that's pretty solid for your defensive defenseman. No, it, it, look, he had a nice career. I think he'll be remembered. I don't know if he'll be on anybody's broadcast team or anything, but he was a good interview, so you never know. He might go through some training and decide he wants to do that. But, yeah, I, you know, he should be proud and happy of what he did. He had a good career. He did, and it says a lot about a guy when, you know, you ship a guy out at trade deadline, you know, to try and get a return and give a guy a chance to make a playoff run, and then he comes back the next season right. to to the original club. And I know in that off season, you know, there was, uh, I don't think, you know, grounded hopes, but there were thoughts that maybe Claude Giroux could come back. And it was Justin Braun that wound up coming back after that offseason. And uh, I, again, I think it says a lot that there was faith in him and, and to partner him with guys and, and be around him in practice. So really appreciate his time with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, he was good. He was a good quote in the room. I missed that. Uh, one bit of uh, information about the executive search, and this is the only critical side we're going to get to in this episode, Russ. That's it. Uh, because this, this episode is about hope, after all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought it was important to bring up just because Frank Saravelli wrote an article about it on Daily Faceoff, uh, mentioned that Neil Glassberg of PBI Sports was added to the consultant group who's helping the Flyers in this search. And 
he is somebody who is an agent for coaches and executives, mm-hmm. and thus there could be a conflict of interest here. Uh, there was, uh, I think, some consternation about his role in the Vancouver Canucks hiring process of Jim Rutherford because he, you know, was a client at at some point. So, you know, I don't think it's a huge alarm bell to ring, but it is definitely important to note, like when you look at kind of the group they've put together to make this executive search, like, is it the best that it could have done? Well, I mean, look, we're not getting any transparency. So this is the closest that we'll get as far as transparency. I don't think there's a problem with it. There's people that get hired all the time to be on search committees to help positions get hired in corporations. That's a thing. with this one, it's not like in Vancouver, you know, he made the final decision. He's not going to make the final decision here either. So what's the difference if he, you know, if he says a few of my clients would be very good for you to interview because I think they'd be good for the job. Is there really anything wrong with that? I don't think so. Yeah, it could be nothing. Uh, but I do think given what happened in Vancouver, just something to add to the pile of information as sure, sure. that doesn't closer. sound positive, Rachel. I just want to say on a show of hope, like you said, you know, you're already slipping. I said this was the one thing. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. We'll see. All right. So we are gonna transition to our world of hope for the Flyers. And I wanna start with some players that give us hope for the future. And at the top of that list for me has to be Travis Konechny. Uh, He finished the season with 61 points, did so much better at five on five this season than last uh, 13 goals last season, 23 this season at five on five. So that's a a big jump. And he had had zero shorthanded goals in his career before this year. And now he has three. And, you know, that combination of him and Scott Lawton on the PK, I think really uh, sparked something between the two of them and created some of that power kill that the Flyers were able to execute on uh, a lot during this season. Yeah, I think some of that jerkiness on the ice and uh, compete level went back up to what it was earlier in his career, and I think that's good. Uh, There was those positive things for sure. I don't think that really got him injured, so I don't think it was because he tried any harder that he got hurt. I think he was just unlucky. So those things are good. I think the hope here, Rachel, is that his trade value has gone so high that the Flyers will get a lot for him. And that's still hope, but that's a different kind of hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, you look at everything else with him, too. You know, his time on ice went up. Um, You know, he bought into that tort system. So so, um, he was a lot more disciplined. And, you know, in the past, you know, as you mentioned, his like jerky behavior went down. His hits went way down this year from last year he wasn't that guy he was trying to generate offense no, no, but he, on that. he doesn't have to be that guy and hit you he just has to be that guy with attitude and right and get around you and and he did have that yeah i think he like figured out the right balance yes um in terms of his personality on the yeah, ice. mr miyagi um, <laughs> I thought he was a lot better with the stick. He had more takeaways this year, um, didn't have any more giveaways than the previous year. And again, I think because this was the first full year for him, you know, there wasn't a Sean Couturier 
to carry him. There wasn't a Claude Giroux on his line to carry him. Like, this was about him. He was the driver of play and not the tag-along guy. Right. Do I wish he could have made a few players better? Yeah, I do. But he was stepping up in certain points of the game and taking over a game, and that's good. Somebody had to do it. Those opportunities were there, and he did it. Absolutely. And to your point, absolutely, whether you keep him or you trade high, you still get value for him and so that's why there's hope for for me with him whether he's around or not Uh, and I think that's an important part of the picture Uh, I think another player that uh, we are are getting a lot of hope for the future from is Owen Tippett yeah like I said there's more good than bad Uh, I think that you know the points certainly are up and the goals are certainly up there's things that I've talked about that definitely need to be worked on I do. I don't know if he's going to match this point total next season, simply because is he going to get twenty-five minutes in games for like a two-week stretch? Probably not. You know, so I think some of those things were kind of flukiness that happened during this season that probably will not happen next season. So I do think you still could expect twenty, twenty-five goals, fifty points. Uh, but if he does improve some of his part parts of his game you might get the same season again, maybe even a little better. So the hope is there in the sense that he has um, been added as a goal scorer for this team that you have to count on. And that's as far as I'll go right now. Yeah, I think what you're going to look for next season, and I think you're absolutely right, I think 50 points is a good baseline expectation for him. Uh, But that's good. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he got some bonus ice time at, at the tail end of the season. And for me, I want to look at his rates, right, and his per 60 stats uh, for for next year to kind of compare them to see, you know, where he's at next year versus this year. But I think, you know, given that his point split was 27 goals, 22 assists, I think he has such a potential to get more assists because we've seen him time and time again you know, skate the puck in the ice and not have anybody to dish it off to because people, other guys couldn't keep up with him. Now, like, I feel like there's going to be a shift in that and that the style of play for whatever line he's on is going to be a little faster, a little more sharp only with if the you passing. Find the right and I think he'll benefit. Only if you, if you noticed in Florida, he had trouble finding the right line mate and he didn't in juniors and he did have more assists as a result. Cause I remember, you know, what, what kind of player he was, and mm-hmm. I had him highly ranked. But the point is, you have to find him the other right players. And even this year, they struggled for half a season to do that. Right, but I, I think they did as this season progressed Maybe. a little I- bit. And I think, you know, with some of the players we're going to talk about in the next segment, uh, we will uh, have more hope uh, that will only help Owen Tippett moving forward. Indeed. And with that, uh, when you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could hand pick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all one of the things i love about indeed is it makes hiring in one place so easy 
Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. And now with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that meet your hiring criteria. Visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, just a reminder, we have our mailbag on tomorrow's show. So get those questions in for this off season and heading toward the draft. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. You can tweet us at lockdownflyers or you can comment over on YouTube. Russ, looking toward the future for more hope in the Flyers organization, uh, the next guy on my list has got to be Tyson Forrester. Yeah, no doubt he took a big jump this year. He, um, in a small window, looked really good. I was happy when he got, you know, some big games. He had a multi-goal game, too, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that's all good. And I think whether he – and, again, I don't have him fully inked in to start the next season with the Flyers. But I think what he learned this season he'll carry over, and I think that's the, the most positive part. The rest, you know, is up to him. We'll see. But that's the part where it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to take a wait and see and see what happens over the summer because he's another one that does need to pick up some some speed. And so if he does, that could accelerate the process a little more. And if he's sort of just marginally better speed-wise, then, you know, he might need to continue to prove himself. That's where we're at with him. But it's all good. Yeah, it is all good. And I think that he progressed really nicely over the course of this season. I felt like he was bang on when he got the call up and took advantage of every opportunity he was given. Of all the Flyers forwards that did get call ups uh, this season, he got the most time on ice per game. And, uh, you know, he did get those three goals and four assists in eight games total this season. And that's a really good start. And especially with a guy like John Tortorella coaching, uh, where you have to really make an impact quickly and it has to be positive. Um, he did that a hundred percent. I think that John Tortorella really likes him and that he fits really well into the system Mm -hmm. and was able to make that jump from Lehigh Valley to the flyers this year in a really positive way. And then, you know, he had a really tremendous season for Lehigh Valley and, um, you know, in that short playoff st- uh, stint, got two goals and an assist in th- in three playoff games. And I just think the kid wants to play more hockey and he will be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, it's probably is about reps. Yeah, I think so, too. But again, um, I think he's on the right path at the right speed in his development. And when he hits the Flyers full time, whenever that is, I know he's going to be ready. So looking at some other uh, fun prospects on the horizon that give us hope, I think the number one of those on my list is Emil Andre. I think we got a small taste of him in Lehigh Valley and he's just getting started, but I just feel like there's so much potential with this kid. There is, but you have to use him the right way. He's got to be 
in Lehigh, either your top power play or your second power play guy, and he's got to get, you know, every power play opportunity. He's got to get a lot of ice time. He's still, he's still getting used to North America. It's not quite, the transition's not quite there yet, so he needs to be with Lehigh next year to start that. But you got to put him in the right positions. you got to get all the right things out of him because, you know, as an example, he, he is a top power play guy for everybody that's down there in Lehigh. But if they don't see it that way and they put him on the second, he's only getting 30 seconds or less on average, it's not enough for him. Like to really totally get his ability, he's he's got to be driving the play that way. Then he feels good about himself. Then he's skating really well. And then he's doing other good things for you five on five. But if you're going to kind of just hope that he's going to be a five on five uh, defensive scorer for you, it's not, that's not the biggest part of his game. He could do some of that, but you know, as a smaller guy, it's not going to happen a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good for him, obviously, to spend more time in Lehigh Valley and adjusting to the style of play a little bit more. But I just think his international experience and, you know, what we've seen so far shows that, A, he's not afraid of the physicality with his size. And I think that's number one. Um, And number two, I think like once he just gets comfortable, that scoring and that at least the shot attempts and what he can do on the power play is going to get more and more evident. And I have no doubt that he has the confidence to do it. Yeah, he definitely has the confidence to do it. So I see good things. Uh, any other prospects on the horizon that give you hope? Yeah, I mean, Carter Gauthier certainly had a really good year. He's He was over 50% on faceoffs, so that's good. He, you know, he had a, I, I, you know, again, Danny Breer called it a dominant year. The dominant year um, wasn't quite there. I mean. But it was a very good year, a very good year. I want to see him follow that up with maybe a dominant year. Uh, that would be like, you know, an Adam Fantilli kind of year. If you want to look up his stats, that was a dominant year. If he could do something like that, then I'm fine. Let him come out after, you know, when the hockey season's over for him and NCAAs and, you know, let him see if he's ready to start his Flyers career. He's just got to be really dominant at center for that to happen. But everything else is there. You know, the shots there, the skating's there, all those things. But there is always an adjustment, too. These guys don't just come in, most of them, straight out of college and, and become Kale McCarr right away. But so far, things are pointing the right way for him. Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm pretty happy with his decision to go back to college for another year. I think that'll do him a lot of good maturity-wise, and especially with the team that'll be around him. I think he'll have a lot of internal competition at Boston College, which will be good for him as well. Um, another guy I'm really excited about is J.R. Avon. Mm-hmm. I know uh, we've talked about him several times, but he's playing really well for Peterborough right now. Um, you know, we talked about the playoffs yesterday on the show in the OHL, and and he's he is playing really well for them in their series. And again, he stood out for me in camp last year, and I just feel like he's take he's been a leader at the OHL level on Peterborough and that um, he is definitely somebody that could break this year in a good way. Yeah. I mean, he, he turns 20 on July 4th, like, uh, you know, he's not American, so don't go there people, but uh, that's, that's good because then he could play in the AHL if he wants. Uh, So interesting to see if that happens or not. I think I'd give it a try because I think other things are good. And then we'd find out, 
is he really a career centerman? Because he might not be. And that's part of the things that sometimes change for guys is when they get there and they say, you know, we've got a, we're missing guys on the wing. Maybe you could be our missing winger. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see which way it goes for him. But so far, it's been it's been really good. I, I just want to see him get more specialized. Um, I don't see anything yeah. particularly great in one area. It's just all good. But I need to, to see a little bit more of a jump. Yeah, and I think he'll be able to do that in the AHL for sure. Um, and, you know, around the corner, maybe not right away, but Devin Kaplan is has played really well this year and I think has an opportunity to make a, a jump next year, as does Ethan Sampson. Yeah. Now, for Devin Kaplan's jump, he can make a jump in college, but I still want him to play three years of college. I don't want people thinking yes. I want him to go to the NHL because he's still – He's a bigger guy who's going to have to fill out. Uh, but, yeah, he did have a big goal in the playoffs. He had a good year. He had 10 goals. Let's see him get 20 next year. But I still think there's a couple more years for him in college and AHL before you even think about seeing Devin Kaplan because just because he's big, there's other parts of his game that are going to take a little time. And But right now he's, he's, he's on a good path. I mean, again, I don't look at him as a top six guy. I just don't. Right. Well, we have more signs of hope for the future, including in goaltending and uh, kind of the big picture in the Flyers organization. And we're going to get to that next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get views from your seats. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeemed LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Russ, more hope for the Flyers' future to talk about. And I think for me, the goaltending situation gives me hope because, you know, I think that it is pretty settled. You know, we don't know it for sure, but it seems pretty settled that Carter Hart and Sam Merson are going to be the Flyers goaltending duo next year. And I think that that's pretty solid. And I'm very pleased with that. I think that's a good combination. I think they complement each other with different skills. And I think Sam Merson, uh, you know, despite maybe getting overplayed in Lehigh Valley is a guy that can step up and play some extra games. And that's exactly what we want as a compliment to Carter Hart. Yes. But the only thing is next year, I don't know if Urson can make up all of that as far as the backup goalie. So does that mean Carter Hart might have to play more than 55 games? They may, they may see it that way. Like he might play like 57, 58 games, which is, you know, not on the best side, but I do think the talent is all there. It's just, can Urson play that amount of games? That's going to be the issue. That's what we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think he can. 
of based on what he did in Lehigh Valley when maybe he shouldn't have played as many games as he did, um, but was successful anyway to a large degree. I think that uh, this would actually pull back a little bit from how they were using him in, in Lehigh Valley and not playing three days in a row. He, if he played once a week, I think that would be just fine. Yeah, but these are the NHL Flyers. games too. Like there's different feel and pace and all that too. Sure. Sure. All right. Looking more like 30,000 foot. I think, you know, for me, the thing that does give me hope is the unknown, right? Is that there's definitely change on the horizon. There's going to be a new executive group in place and there's going to be like a clearing of the deck, so to speak, in terms of the players. And with everything that has happened, I think there's still some baggage attached to some of the guys have been around for a little bit. And I, you know, without finding success. And so I do really think that given the fact that we do have some of these young prospects coming into play over the next year or two, and there's going to be a bit of a clean slate and anybody is on the table, that that also gives me hope for us. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly two ways to look at it. You can look at it from the hopeful side. And I'll just say, I wish you hope in your journey. <laughs> well, I think that uh, there's more of us out there than you would think okay. that have. You could be right on that. Like this, looking toward the future, and you know, I, I do think that, given the fact that um, it is being sold as a rebuild, right? That it isn't this retool on the fly thing. That expectations are going to be a little different than they were, but I think that. There's so much room for surprises in a good way with this team uh, that what what could happen over the next year or, or two years uh, in terms of guys, you know, taking leaps that we wouldn't have expected, prospects to hit that we m- might not have expected. And that, um, you know, it, there's definitely, you know, to be determined elements in terms of the draft and free agency and what they put together and and what it looks like and and will that mesh with John Tortorella but i think that you know there's more opportunity for things to get better at this point that part's true i still can't put the cart before the horse before i see all the infrastructure and other things in place first right now there's nothing to be disappointed about so i'm going to choose to be hopeful that's fine it's your choice um, any other big elements of hope for you, Russ? Yeah, I think, you know, again, some of the players we're talking about, if you could get three players to make a big jump. And again, this is a long shot, folks. I'm trying to be hopeful here. But if you got three of them, let's say, to make a big jump over the summer and they could all start in the Flyers lineup, it would um, help alleviate some of the cap concerns. It's a long shot. But if it helps you sleep at night, there you go. Have to be more hopeful than that. So I said, I can't. I'm a realist. That's it. That's all the hope you're getting. That is it. Well, if those three or four players that we're hoping have a big jump uh, do just that, then you're right. It does help the cap situation, and that would be a good thing. That will do it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And Everyday listeners tomorrow on the show, we will have that mailbag uh, that we talked about where you can get your questions answered. And we're going to talk about the Flyers top line where it was in the mailbag, Rachel. Okay, I think there will be challenge accepted. 
We're going to also look at the Flyers' top line, uh, what it was at the beginning of the season and what it could be in the future with who we've got around now. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.